Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. This is a national health alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket costs. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a free meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pedometer as our special gift to you. We have knee, back, and other braces available, as well as pharmacy services. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and you have insurance, we can help. 888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136-888-303-9136 Nobody really needs or wants home security until it's too late. You've heard the statistics about how many burglaries there are per day. You see the news. You know there are people out there that do bad things. The best way to help protect your home and your property is with an ADT monitored system from Protect Your Home, an ADT authorized premier provider. Call right now to get a free wireless home security system valued at $850. An ADT monitored system can help protect your home from fires, theft, floods, and call for emergency help. Call now to find out more about our $850. free wireless home security system and start enjoying the peace of mind of security today. Call 800-561-2351. 800-561-2351. 800-561-2351. This offers for new customers only. Termination fees apply. $99 customer installation charge and 36-month monitoring agreement required. All for details. License terms and conditions available at secureathome.com. Welcome, welcome everyone to Talk USA. We are so happy to be here with you on this Marvelous Monday for Marvelous Monday. Before we get started, let me tell you how you can listen to our live programs as well as our archived episodes. The number to call to listen live by phone is 515-605-9375. You can also listen at blogtalkusa.com or blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa. You can also find Marvelous Monday in podcast form under the banner of Blog Talk USA on pretty much any podcasting platform, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Apple Radio, pretty much any place you find podcasts, you can find Blog Talk USA podcasts, and of course, Marvelous Monday under that banner. And I do know that we have a very exciting show for you tonight, so without any further delay, here's your host for Marvelous Monday, the incredible Dr. Shirley McKellar. Wow. Good evening, Ms. Rihanna. I don't know. Let me see. i got to work really hard to live up to that introduction. How are you doing? <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> <And> welcome, welcome. <laughs> 
Marvelous Monday. And it's marvelous only because you're on here tonight and every Monday night. So that's what makes it so marvelous. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you. How about you? Yes, I'm doing great. And what about Colin? We have to find out and make sure Colin is doing well before we can kick off the show because it's always in his honor. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, he's doing wonderful. Growing like a weed and sleeping like a log right now. (laughs) Yeah, very good. I love that. So uh, it's great to be right back here on Monday. Marvelous Monday, and we've been jumping all over the place. I'm just coming in off of, thank, thank God for Zooms. We can conduct business all over the place from one end of the country to the other end of the country. And then there's radio, for which I love that we can we can do business from one end of the country, California, back down to Texas. This is really great, Ms. Diana. We have some amazing guests on. But before we get going, let's see if the team's all here. Dr. Hagney just called and said this air conditioning is out. And oh my goodness, oh, no. the air conditioning being, yes, out in Texas in the summertime, that's not good. Mm. So he no. may be able to be on with us, but possibly not. The air conditioning people are coming quickly. And so uh, hopefully that he can get that squared away soon. But let's find out if Pastor Cooper is there. Pastor Cooper, are you there? Hello, hello, good evening. I am here, and you said all the way from California. That's where I am right now. <laughs> oh, no, are you serious? Oh, my goodness. Are you Downtown serious? L.A. Well, that's not yeah. right. That's just not right. I'm telling you, I would like to be <laughs> But that's okay. I'm going to match you because we're going to have somebody in from California all the way from out there, uh, Mr. Cliff Wright. He's going to be in shortly along with our colleagues. So we're ready to actually get this show on the road. But let's find out if Mr. Arthur is there. Mr. Arthur, are you there? Not yet. Not yet. Well, that soldier needs to be front row center. Oh, that's, that's right. He's Air Force. <laughs> that's probably why he's late. But don't tell him I said that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I will never live that down, boy. That's so, funny. But that's let's good. get ready to get started on the show, uh, Ms. Rihanna. Uh, As you know, we had some amazing guests that was on our Thursday show, and so we had to bring them back here on Monday night so they could have more time to talk about the great work that they're doing. So, Mr. Cliff Wright out of Southern California, are you there? See, Mr. Pastor Pastor Cooper, you're not the only one that's in California, except he gets to be there all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am here. Yes, I am here, and also... President uh, Crosley from the Piney Woods School is here as well. Outstanding. We're just so excited to have you guys on. Good afternoon or good evening, I should say. Well, let's see, what time is it? 6 o'clock there, so it's evening there uh, for you in California. Welcome to Marvelous Monday, uh, Dr. Crosley. It is just so great to have you gentlemen back on to talk to us about the school. But we want first to uh, to start with Mr. Cliff. We want you, you to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, and then you can introduce uh, Dr. Crosley, and then we're going to get started talking about the Piney Woods. Of, and I, it's easy for me to see the, say the Piney Woods of East Texas because that's what we are. But we have something in common with North Carolina. So uh, let, so go ahead, Mr. Cliff, and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and how you tie into Tyler, Texas. And then by that time, I will have my books and my boots and everything out of my car and inside of my house. Go right ahead. 
Awesome. Well, first of all, uh, Dr. McKellar, I want to thank you for inviting us on your show uh, on Monday and then uh, today, um, on Monday, I'm sorry, and, and last week. It is definitely an honor uh, to share what God would have us to share. I was born in Tyler, Texas, and I don't know if I clarified this before, but my great-grandmother, Vernon Stanton, she actually delivered me and about 1,100 other children, including my mother and and father and and so many others. And my grandfather and grandmother, uh, Ananias Wright and, and Rena Wright, uh, they're, you know, residents or, or residents of Tyler, Texas for many years. My grandfather was a builder. He built so many homes there in uh, North Tyler. And so I'm just really proud to be a Wright and to be from Tyler, Texas. And my mother moved my brother and I to Los Angeles when I was eight years old. Uh, but we always went back on the summers, uh, during the summers, and so uh, have many fond memories of Tyler, Texas. It always, will always be my home. And uh, professionally, I have been in the education management field for the last seven years. Um, prior to working for the Piney Woods School, I was working for a, a career exploration organization where we help students get jobs and identify their passions and careers. And one of the things that always stood out to me was we were connecting the business sector and the education sector together, but there was one piece that was always missing in my mind, and that was the church. So after leaving uh, the, the other organization, God blessed me to find the Piney Woods School, and not only uh, am I able to help the students uh, get uh, jobs, things of that nature, as well as uh, get money from corporations for the Piney Woods School, I'm able to do it, and I don't have to apologize or uh, look over my shoulder when I talk about Jesus, you know. And, And that's so important because you'll find out Many of the employers, they, they want their employees, especially their young employees, to have character and to have, you know, integrity. And who better to teach those young people uh, integrity and character and all of those things that employers are looking for than a faith-based organization. So the Piney Woods School, I'll let uh, Dr. Crosley talk about the history of the organization, but one of my uh, primary responsibilities now is aligning us with uh, the churches. And I'm so glad to have an, another pastor. You have another pastor, Pastor Cooper, uh, on the line. Yeah. And incidentally, it's hot here in, in uh, the Los Angeles area right now. So uh, we don't have that over you, at least today. But, Dr. Crosley, I'm going to go ahead and have you share, and uh, and we'll go from there. Well, sure, and uh, let me. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dr. Kelly. No, I was just I was just thanking uh, first of all, Mr. Cliff, for that amazing uh, introduction, and I knew that his uh, grandmother was a, uh, a midwife here in the city, but I didn't realize that she had delivered him, because I know that she left a great legacy, a great history back behind. And yes, we do have 
uh, Pastor Earl and Pastor Michael Cooper. But now we're going to turn it over to you, uh, Dr. Crosley, and just share everything about the school. And then at some point in time, we may jump in there and ask a question or so. But thank you so much for being with us tonight. Well, sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having us. I am uh, super excited uh, to be with you and to be able to share again the work that we're doing uh, at the Piney Wood School. Uh, I was uh, thinking about um, uh, Reverend Wright's point of um, his grandmother being a midwife. We, um, we actually uh, had a school training midwives here in rural Mississippi a uh, hundred years ago in the 1920s. And um, there is actually a research project uh, going on uh, right now. Uh, they're collecting um, its um, oral history. Um, one of the things that happened years ago was that uh, records were not always uh, kept. Um, and, you know, if a home burned down or something like that, um, records were not always there, and so um, there's a, a research project underway, including our students, uh, that is a, involving the oral history of um, of, of, of uh, midwives uh, here in this uh, in this region of the state, and so um, so there are all kinds of there's all kinds of interconnectedness uh, uh, in what we're doing. As I said, that was a hundred years ago. Um, we are. Uh, now approaching our 113th year as an educational learning community um, uh, uh, here in rural Mississippi. We were started here in 1909 um, in a place called uh, uh, Piney Woods, uh, the Piney Woods of uh, South and Southeast Mississippi. And uh, we were started by Lawrence C. Jones, uh, who was a, a rare uh, at the time, extremely rare college-educated African-American man uh, from from North, from Iowa, and he came here um, to Mississippi um, to um, invest in, uh, in in his community, in the African-American community uh, uh, here in the state. Uh, Dr. Jones' story is in of itself um, incredible because he was offered an opportunity to go work at Tuskegee. Uh, and he chose not to do that um, after coming to Mississippi and working um, at a school uh, that was a feeder school for Tuskegee. Uh, he noticed the, the uh, extraordinary need among the African-American community here in the state and decided to found the Pineywood School. Um, that's important because um, we hear a lot going on in the country now about uh, racial equity and racial reconciliation, um, and uh, that really is the work that we've done. Racial equity work um, was important to our founding um, 113 years ago, continues to be important um, to the students who we are able to serve uh, today. And so today, we serve students from Mississippi and from around the country and around the world. And so we uh, had students from uh, over 20 states um, in a given year, um, and from uh, several foreign uh, jurisdictions everywhere from sort of close by uh, in the Caribbean, uh, for example, the British Virgin Islands. And uh, in fact, I just got uh, some correspondence from international students today wanting to come uh, to as far away as um, Ethiopia, 
um, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Uh, we have students from there, um, and Rwanda, and and many other um, and, and many other places uh, around the world. And so, while we are uh, predominantly African American, uh, we are a truly diverse um, community. Um, I, I always tell people that uh, the child that grew up that grows up in um, uh, Mississippi has a very different state of Mississippi Delta has a very different life experience than the child who's grown up in Chicago or growing up in Los Angeles or growing up in New York. And so bringing all of uh, those students together is in of itself a learning experience. And then our students do extremely well, well here. Um, we believe in educating the head, the hands, the heart. Uh, all of our students, the whole child, all of our students live here uh, on the campus um, and um, uh, through the year. Um, we, of course, have breaks and that kind of thing, but, but they all reside here. Um, and so it is a, a, um, a head, hands, and heart uh, uh, education in which we care uh, about what's going into the mind, the cognitive development uh, of the child. But we also care that our students are experiencing learning, that they actually get their hands in it. And um, we uh, develop uh, the heart. We develop um, compassion um, and uh, integrity um, and character. Um, we are um, a Christian institution. Um, we've been faith-inspired since our very beginning. Lawrence Jones, who I mentioned, started our school, um, did so from Iowa with uh, a few uh, a few dress shirts, as he would say, uh, $1.65 and a Bible. Um, and, can, I, um, can I jump in for just a second at that question? Please. <laughs> that is such an amazing, amazing story, I, I tell you. And, now, and, and that was just shy. How many years did you say, 113 years? Yes, ma'am, 113 years. So that's just shy. Uh, that's just after slavery, right? Yeah. So um, that's what's really important to us. And as we approach the, uh, this weekend, and you all in Texas, so y'all know all about Juneteenth. Uh, as we approach this weekend, uh, we are always cognizant that Lawrence Jones said to the first incoming class, uh, "You've come here from for you've come here for freedom, uh, not from the kind of slavery your parents endured." but freedom from the ignorance of your mind. Yeah. I, I'm in awe because when I think about this school, I think about even my sorority uh, who was uh, started in 1908, just shy of slavery. And, but, but to think about, uh, to think about that a person was able to have two dress shirts, you said, and a dollar 65 cents in his pocket and was able to, to start a school looking out for even students who were, were probably disenchanted, uh, uh, you know the word I'm trying to say, not, not, did right. not have the things that we have in this day and time. And, uh, disadvantaged children is what I was trying to say. I think about the HBCUs, and we can correlate the HBCUs with the dream and the goal that, that Dr. John, Jones, was it Jones that, had, that started this school? And where it is today, but carry on. I mean, I'm just in awe 
what what has happened and what you're doing with the school and a Christian-based school. But tell us more about how students, uh, how you get your students and, and, and that kind of thing for the people and the parents that are listening tonight that may be interested in and their children going to boarding schools and the fact of how beautiful this school is because a lot of people a long time ago had a negative connotation of boarding schools and they saw more of the Caucasian students going to boarding schools rather than uh, and students of, of color and you already brought it out that even though you have primarily more African-American students I believe but the school is open to everybody but carry on with more information for us thank you so much Oh, yes, absolutely. And we are absolutely open to everybody. And we have had students, as I mentioned, uh, from all over the world, from Vietnam and uh, South Africa and, I mean, just you name it. And uh, we likely have had students from there. And we have had white students uh, from right here in Mississippi uh, and from across the South. And so, um, yeah, let me, you know, there's one really important thing that, that people uh, ought to understand um, that, you know, Piney Woods um, is not, quote, unquote, a school for bad kids, as uh, is, sometimes, is sometimes thought. Uh, sometimes people think um, you're sending your child away um, to school. We have a different philosophy in terms of how we recruit. We actually talk about recruiting families to be a part of our community. And so um, we want uh, families to come um, and with children um, who, um, who are going to learn, um, who are going to uh, improve their own lives, and who are going to have a positive impact uh, on the world. Um, and our results, um, our results speak mightily. Um, we uh, send all of our young people uh, on to college. Um, and have an extraordinary record of doing so. And so we're very much a college preparatory institution. And you mentioned HBCUs. Um, we're in many ways a sort of a feeder school to many uh, HBCUs uh, here yeah. in, um, in, in the South. Yeah. Absolutely. I can see that. I can yeah. easily see uh, being that. And I like the fact that you said, that if you're a preparatory school preparing those young minds to go on to colleges such as HBCUs and other universities in the country. But carry on. And, oh, and I know that. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. You know, absolutely. We, we, we are, and, um, and our students do well. In fact, you know, one of the things that has uh, made me really proud is to hear from uh, college admissions offices and even college presidents. Um, uh, college admissions officers will <laughs> have often said to me that um, they um, they love our students because our students already know how to live away from home, right? So they've already been in this environment uh, here at our school. They're already accustomed to you know sort of making friends and the dorm life and um, understanding that people come from different places and may have different backgrounds and different cultures and so um and so they don't get caught up in uh the freedom of college um that uh that other students often do and um and even a college president uh, has, has said to us you know there's something special um this was the college president of Tougaloo college here in mississippi for for a long time um the civil rights institution important hbcu here in the state 
Uh, but uh, she said that, uh, uh, you know, I can spot a Pineywood student walking across campus without even stopping them to ask their name. And I said, what do you mean? And she says, I don't know. It's just something about your students um, that you can see Love them it. coming. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience and endorsement of our work um, to hear um, uh, to hear that uh, important feedback. So, so then how many students do you have on campus right now, and, and how do you recruit your, your students? Do you have a recruiting officer that goes out to, into the community? Just share with us, and, and uh, I'm sure that uh, Pastor Cooper would be interested in knowing that. And I, I, we always say here in East Texas, everything started in our churches, and uh, I remember that you said Dr. Jones had a Bible in his hand. So how do you go out oh, yeah. and recruit? students and get them to the schools? Yeah, well, thank you for asking. And we are um, interested in uh, growing uh, our, um, our student population. Uh, we, um, we have capacity for about 250 young people uh, here on the campus. Um, because, of, because of COVID um, uh, this past year and um, our requirements for social distance, um, you know, we were we were less than uh, less than a hundred uh, uh, young people, uh, but we want to regrow uh, our population of students now, and so we are looking for young people um, who may want to be a part of uh, our program. Most of our recruitment happens through word of mouth. Uh, most of it happens. Um, uh, Reverend Wright mentioned uh, he's um, now working with a community of churches. Um, to uh, to support the school. Well, often that community of churches refers young people uh, to our school, um, and uh, alumni often will refer uh, young people that they encounter uh, to our school. Uh, we, of course, get a lot of young people who are siblings or cousins or extended family members uh, of uh, those who have uh, attended here. Um, and um, certainly we have uh, work going on in social media and other ways to expose people um, uh, to what we're doing. Um, all of our students receive scholarship uh, to attend uh, to attend Pineywood, and oh, wow. um, yeah, yeah. So we are we are fortunate to have a um, a strong uh, donor uh, community. Um, that uh, every year uh, allows us to issue scholarships uh, uh, to young people. And so um, even as we speak with you tonight, uh, based on our current uh, trajectory for next year, you know, I am sitting on about 50 scholarships um, that we would love to award um, to students and families uh, who might be interested um, in being a part of our community. And so... Um, so, yeah, so if anyone's listening, we would urge them to reach out to us and just visit our website at www.pineywoods.org, and there's uh, ample information there about applying. You can apply right online. Um, if you place an inquiry, one of our missions counselors uh, will, uh, will, will follow up with you, will send you an email, and will call you and uh, be willing to answer uh, any questions uh, that you have. We've had 
young people from Texas, um, um, uh, you know, throughout the school's history, uh, certainly over the last seven or so years that I've been doing this work. Outstanding. So then just say that people who may not actually have uh, Internet service, we, we live here in East Texas, and sometimes our service is good and sometimes not so good. We're really pushing and working to try to get a, a better broadband uh, service here. Uh, in East Texas, so is there would be like a flyer or some kind that we could probably send out to our churches uh, to say that, you know, there's scholarship available and this is a uh, more of a structured, I, I love the, the way that you have everything structured out. We're going to talk a little bit about your curriculum in a second and the fact that if you have extracurricular activities, because of course the student, we always have to have uh, other activities yeah. that students get involved in. So you can talk a little bit about that, but then if there is something that we can give out to, as I said, uh, in our churches is how we actually disseminate information out to our communities. And we usually do it, uh, even though a lot of people are on social media, media, but a lot of people are not on social media. Go ahead and tell us. uh, Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So we can absolutely do that, and uh, we'll supply you uh, with, uh, with some material. Um, that, uh, that that can be distributed. Uh, be happy to to do that. Um, but also, uh, people can give us a call. Um, our number is 601-845-2214. 601-845-2214. Um, and um, there is someone at that number um, every day, uh, 24 hours a day. Um, and so, when your child comes to be with us. Uh, you can always get us. Um, so 601-845-2214, and we'd be more than happy to um, uh, provide you some literature and other information um, that, that, that you can distribute. And so, so yeah, so we, we're um, uh, our, uh, our young people, um, um, their records uh, have, have been extraordinary. Um, this, uh, this year, again, uh, we have young people going to college, but we also um, do an extraordinary job of getting um, – we scholarship our young people here, but then we get them scholarships when they go on to college. Um, and so um, uh, many of our young people uh, this year uh, have scholarships from two or three different uh, universities that they were deciding between. And so um, uh, everywhere from Hampton University to – um, Emerson University, which is up in all the way up in Boston, um, uh, to uh, Berea College, which is in Kentucky, um, it's a great school, um, uh, and so just really across uh, certainly here in Mississippi uh, and across the southeast. And so, so yeah, so our young people do extraordinarily well. You were asking about the curriculum, and I uh, would love to um, uh, share with you um, some of how our curriculum is structured. Uh, if right. that's um, if, if that's appropriate to do. Oh, oh, absolutely. That's what I want. That was going to be my next question. But yes, by all means, the curriculum, and then the extracurricular for the students as well. Go right ahead. Yeah. So, and you know, for a boarding school environment, the extracurricular uh, is really equally important, right, to the uh, general curriculum uh, because we have to care for our students. Um, uh, inside and outside of the what we think of as the traditional classroom. Um, yeah, our curriculum 
uh, is a, a project-based uh, experiential learning curriculum. And what I mean by that is uh, we, um, uh, we don't have a traditional curriculum uh, like you might find in many other schools for most of our core courses. Um, uh, a traditional curriculum may involve, say, a textbook um, in which uh, students, um, you know, read a chapter and then sort of answer questions at the end, if you will. Um, what we try to do here is we try to bring the curriculum uh, into, into real life. Um, it's our contention that uh, the school day, uh, the time when most of our kids uh, are in school, uh, can often be one of the most irrelevant moments in the lives of our children. Uh, and much of, um, much of our uh, time, uh, much of our children's time um, now, and we're talking teenagers here, uh, kids in high school, um, they have cell phones or they have other devices, and they're connected to the world. And they're researching things, and um, they're connected. They're, everything that they're researching is relevant um, to who they are and who they see themselves becoming. Um, and so when we break that connectedness and, um, um, and, and you know, put worksheets in front of them and, and have them complete them, some of them have the capacity to do it. But, um, but it's not real learning uh, uh, that's happening. And so instead here, we use a project-based curriculum such that all of our students uh, do work in, in projects. I'll give you one example. Um, we talk about Piney Woods as a, as a sustainable learning community. One of, the, uh, yeah, one of the things that makes us sustainable uh, is the fact that we have our own water system here. Um, wow. We have a 250-acre um, demonstration farm. We use all organic practices in our gardens on our farm. Uh, we run, um, currently we're running about 75 head of cattle, and we're continuing to grow um, our, our cattle operation. Um, and, That's uh, amazing. We, yeah, and we, we also decided, okay, well, we have some water and we have some food. Uh, because we okay. do supply our dining uh, hall with uh, food that's grown on our farm, but we also wanted to um, uh, we, we wanted to harness uh, some electricity on our own. So um, wow. we uh, partnered with uh, Tesla. Uh, just stop, um, y'all. Y'all not uh, doing all that. He, 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 that's hold on. He's <laughs> <laughs> not, not doing all that. <laughs> Now, are we, the children, are we, the children top, top, are they playing in the soil? Are they helping to grow these? And I, I know Pastor Cooper, come on in. I know you got some questions. So our, this is amazing. Yeah. No <laughs> so our students, our students work it. every, our students work every morning, uh, Monday through Friday. It's the first Whoa. period of every day. Is, like uh, vocation is, and learning hands-on skills, really. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, um, and so, um, thanks to the, the the good folks at Tesla, um, they donated 350 solar panels. And so, we actually have the largest uh, solar uh, array of any educational institution here in the state of Mississippi. Um, and um, uh, our students um, uh, helped with the installation uh, of that. You know, so, solar uh, uh, photovoltaic solar. Um, is uh, still 
uh, believed to be, um, you know, one of the top job installers, uh, still to, uh, believed to be one of the top jobs over the next 10 years installing solar panels. And so we're already teaching kids how to do that. But then we leverage that in order to introduce students to the green economy, in order to introduce them to other jobs um, that will be part of, you know, a, a greener future, if you will. And so, um, so yeah, so, no, we're doing all of that and more. <laughs> so you don't have standardized testing and testing every week and all of these things? <laughs> We don't test every week. Well, I, um, I, we we sometimes test every week, but I wouldn't call them high stakes testing. Um, uh, we um, we actually do um, map testing, um, which is um, uh, not sure you're familiar with map. I believe they're based out of Oregon, and it is a national uh, standardized test. We actually give it three times a year. Because what we test in our students, we, we, our curriculum is a mastery-based curriculum. Uh, we don't believe in an um, averages-based curriculum, right? The difference is in an average-based curriculum, you, you can fail some things and pass some things, and as long as you get across the, the, uh, you know, the 60, uh, if you average above 60, uh, you essentially, essentially could pass. Well, we have a mastery-based curriculum, which means – we're going to give you what we think is important, and we're going to expect that, um, uh, that, that you can learn it. We're going to support you in learning it, and we're going to require that you master it, not, not just that you pass enough things um, to pull your average up high enough. And so through that concept, the, the other piece is that we also are not big fans of um, you know, what we sort of call uh, proficiency tests, so point-in-time testing. Instead, um, we believe in a growth curriculum. We want to see students grow over the time that they're with us. And so when I say we're going to test them three times a year, we're going to test them when they come to us in the fall. We're going to test them mid-year, and we're going to test them at the end of the year. And what we're looking for is a growth trajectory. So no matter where a student starts, we want to see that they have grown during their time with us. And so it's a different approach than, um, than the standard, um, uh, standardized proficiency test. Well, there's so many questions, and I'm just trying to listen and learn. That's the best way. You know, uh, Reverend Wright, he would understand what I'm about to say. Those of us that are educated preachers in the gospel and in the Holy Spirit, uh, what I mean by that is that, when you don't have a loud church, you have a listening church, then you have a learning church. So I, I've been learning as I listen to you, but also confirming and amening you because this is this is my entire uh, uh, calling. As uh, I'm not just a politician uh, or, or an individual, but I am one that has a ministry like uh, the young man that started this program with 113 years ago with a dollar sixty-five and two shirts. Yes, and and one student, yeah. and one and one student <laughs> teaching so, them. So my hats off. One student teaching them how to read. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, the holy. What I'm saying is that the Holy Spirit was moving back then, and with Reverend Wright, uh, I guess it was his mother, grandmother, or aunt that was delivering those 1,100 babies. 
my uh, father and them could have been one of them because we're from East Texas ourselves, from Magnolia Spring, and sprinkle all the way up to uh, as sugarcane growers and uh, rice farmers. So there's just so much of a conversation mm-hmm. here. Now I see why uh, Dr. McKellar baited me in to make sure I was here tonight, even though I'm in L.A., uh, because this is the kind of thing that gets my goat. <laughs> And education is the key to bail reform, criminal justice reform, and all these other reforms that we're looking at. And this type of education, what I call hands-on, when you remove the baseball bat, when we were kids, everybody was looking for the baseball bat and the football and the baseball, thinking that uh, one out of uh, 10,000 kids is going to become NFL players, millionaires, which a lot of people don't realize NFL, NBA is not for long, average 3.2 years, not even long enough to get a, a retirement. Uh, so what you, mm-hmm. gotta, what you all are doing is giving them sustainable income and a, a system that will um, keep them for the next generation where you don't have to be wealthy or millionaires, but uh, you're giving them tools to continue to give to their, their babies. So, I mean, so, again, yeah. that, that's my intro and hats off to you guys. Now the questions. How old do you have to be to get into the program? Uh, is it for males only or is male and female co-ed? Oh, great question. So we are we are co-educational, uh, male and female. In any given year, we run about 50-50, about half girls and half boys. Um, we serve um, generally ages uh, 13 to 18. And so um, uh, we start at the eighth grade, and that's usually about age 13. Um, and, um, and, you know, encourage people uh, in, that, in that age range of, uh, uh, to consider us. I, I can't help but comment, though, um, on, you know, the importance of, of faith and, and all that we do. And, um, you know, Lawrence Jones, he started with that, that one student, and, and that student brought some friends back um, who also wanted to learn how to read, and um, each one kept bringing one. And before long, uh, he realized he had a class. And when he had enough for a class, uh, it, it was time to go. He's written this up actually uh, from you know way back then, uh, but it was it was time to start class. And he said, "Well, uh, we can't start class without a song." And so uh, they proceeded to sing, "Praise God from whom all blessings flow." Um, and so, Amen. If you if you if you come to our campus, you will see um, the original. Um, it, it actually predates the Civil War. The original. Uh, sheep shed in which the uh, school uh, began. It was the first um, schoolhouse and first boarding house um, uh, that we had. Um, uh, uh, and um, it was um, um, it was heated uh, by uh, you know mud clay uh, fireplaces, right? Or in the in the in the summertime, like now, you know, of course, they didn't have any any air conditioning. So, um, I often uh, take students there, and um, and use that even as a lesson to them that if Lawrence Jones and his wife Grace Jones and all those who started um, this school and those who were learning here um, could do so in those conditions, how much more, right, can we do? with just a little bit of commitment and a little bit of perseverance and a little bit of determination. Um, and so um, it's, an, it's a lesson that continues to teach us uh, uh, today. Wow. So, Dr. Crosley, I, you mentioned the fact that 
that we're dealing with with uh, teenagers and I know that I, I love your success story and oh we didn't do the extracurricular I'm sorry <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. go I, ahead I want you to yeah with the extracurricular as well but and then I want you to, to share with us then what what type of challenges that you may have with students because you mentioned that these are teenagers and we've all had teenagers and we know uh, that oh yes yeah. they're, they're, they're well groomed we, we can see that but but I'm sure that there are some form of challenges that that may, that you may uh, endure uh, and and probably how you handle those those uh, challenges. Uh, oh sure. Those... Oh sure. Well, y'all y'all getting deep this evening. So um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> this is thank amazing. You. This is an amazing school. I'm I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm so no, I'm so thank you And the... then after after you finish with those two things, we'll bring Mr. Cliff in so that he can share with us what his position is and what you know what he does school and so forth. But but go ahead and share with the extracurricular activities and the little bit of challenges oh, that yeah. you may have. And, and how we handle. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, so um, uh, extracurricular. Um, we, the, the first thing um, to recognize is that. Um, all of our students do work um, here on the campus. Um, every student has a job. Uh, they may work in our dining services, um, you know, literally in the kitchen learning, learning uh, how to cook. Um, they may work in our, um, in our business office. Um, you know, we have students who, who write thank you notes uh, to donors. Uh, we have students who work the reception desk. So when you call the school, um, many days a student will answer the phone and they'll uh, say, thank you for calling the Piney Ridge School. This is a student speaking. How may I help you? Um, or they work on our farm or in our landscaping services um, or, or elsewhere on the campus. And so, um, uh, and so that's a part of every student's uh, day. Um, and then we have uh, sort of traditional extracurricular like sports and uh, athletics um, that we're all familiar with. Um, uh, we um, uh, do volleyball um, for our young ladies, uh, track and field, uh, basketball, uh, soccer, uh, tennis, uh, just a whole panoply of, uh, of sports uh, throughout the year. Um, we even do sports that aren't quite as common, like uh, archery. Uh, we have um, uh, we actually had a young lady who was just stellar, stellar um, in, in archery. She's now graduated, uh, but but she was one of the best uh, uh, in the state uh, in that sport. And she's actually from from Texas. She was from Houston. Oh, uh, and yeah, yeah. But she was uh, uh, wonderful in in in, in, in archery. Um, and then uh, we have we, actually a summer camp is going on. And so just before this call, um, I was over at our student recreation center um, where we have young people um, uh, there, and they've got you know a foosball table and a pool table, oh, wow. and they've got you know yeah. flat screen TV and uh, all <laughs> kinds of things going on there. They have a snack bar. Um, and so, um, you know, yeah, so we, we, we provide all of that uh, uh, for our students uh, as well. Um, and then um, we do try to take advantage of the outdoors. Our school yeah. sits on approximately 2,000 acres of land. And That's so um, 
in addition to our farm and our main campus, our main campus is about 65 acres, uh, our farm about 250 acre demonstration farm. Uh, we have ponds and um, uh, lake wow. uh, here on the city. property. It is, it is. And yeah, so that's um, right. we, uh, several of our ponds are stocked with, uh, uh, with, with, with uh, bass and other, uh, other fish. And, um, and then we have walking trails. Um, uh, I've sometimes taken students on some of the walking trails. Um, and uh, we have horseback riding. And so um, uh, we have a local uh, horse trainer here. And uh, he does uh, horseback riding um, uh, with our students uh, each weekend. Um, and so there's just, uh, there's no end to the number of things um, that we do and our students do. We do a bonfire uh, usually a couple of times a year, um, uh, which is an opportunity, uh, you know, for students, uh, particularly it starts to get cooler uh, in the fall. We'll usually do that with s'mores and Really, just having letting the kids have a good time and, and socialize with each other, socialize with the faculty uh, who are here. A majority of our faculty live here on the campus, and so they're able to engage our students. Um, you know, uh, yeah. And Piney Woods could actually, you know, um, we've not put this out yet, but Piney Woods uh, could actually be um, an important thing for young people this year. A lot of kids have learning loss from the last year because Zoom classrooms yeah, yeah. didn't work for everybody, you know. Correct. And um, and so um, we, our students were on campus, and so we were able to support them. But, you know, we have study, study hour Monday through Thursday. Um, we have a, a, an hour and a half to two hour uh, a study block each night where students can go to the library and their faculty members there to provide tutorial services for them. Um, and so um, students do tours at counsel, the end of the day. Yep, we do, we do. Okay. Yeah, and so one of the things that I was going to mention um, when I was asked about, you know, what are some of the challenges that we face with working with young people? Um, you know, I think the perhaps the biggest one is that, um, you know, the development of the adolescent brain. Um, our, correct, correct. Our, young, <laughs> our young people are going through some things, and, and they often need support. And so right. uh, we have licensed mental health counselor uh, on contract with the institution. Now, it's important for me to clarify that, um, we are not a mental health treatment center, and so often there, yeah, often there are young people who need a therapeutic center, um, sure. and 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 we don't yeah, we don't provide that. those services. Yeah, but we do don't provide those services. So we we do, the, do our mental health um, counseling. Yeah, okay. our mental health counseling. It's an outside uh, firm that we work with, right. actually. Um, Which is reason even I, our health clinic. I'm we, saying, you know, what I was saying ahead, to, to your point. It, it, yeah, what I was saying. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm walking around in, in public now, so I have a mask on. Uh, but it's the reason why I was pointing out uh, to your point uh, when you are dealing with adolescents like that, especially at age 25 and younger. Uh, the frontal lobe is not fully developed. Masters in psychology reminds us of that, which is also the reason why you have car insurance is so much higher. 
But if you add that, mm-hmm. uh, couple that with the fact that they may be engaged in sexual activity, which we would hope that they would abstain, but, you know, they are youth. So you have to monitor those things because they are boarding. So you 365 hands yeah. on. So hats off to you to take on that challenge. So we do, you know, we do have to monitor that. Um, and, uh, you know, that is, uh, that is prohibited in our, uh, in our student handbook. Um, but, you know, often we have uh, young people, um, you know, who violate uh, uh, some of those rules. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we sometimes uh, have to say goodbye to young people um, if they're not ready uh, for the Pineywood School experience. And so, sure. um, and so we will often, um, I, I don't believe in a lot of suspension because, you know, I think students go home and they just, they have kind of a vacation and then they come back. And so we try as much as we can to work with students and to provide them the supports that they need. Each of our dormitories has a live-in, you know, dorm parent, kind of a a gen mom or or a den dad uh, who lives in with the students. Yeah. And so so that's an issue. And I'll tell you, you know, um, you know, honestly, we just real talk. (laughs) What has been uh, a – what has been a bigger issue uh, over the last couple of years has been okay. controlling um, has been controlling uh, some of the different forms of marijuana um, <laughs> that that we yeah. are encountering. And so these uh, so-called edibles, um, right? You know, we had one of our students um, uh, got a order of brownies delivered um, right. uh, to the school. Um, now, right. thankfully, our dorm parent, our, our, in this case, uh, you know, then the dad, the dorm, dorm parent, um, was um, conscious enough, you know, to we inspect the packages and so forth, and uh, and it was something about it didn't look right, didn't smell right, and so Very he did good. not turn it over <laughs> to the student, um, um, but it comes in the form, they even have the little candies, they look like nerds. Um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, sweet candy, yeah, but they make it um, easy. But the, mm-hmm. yeah, and so that is a that is increasingly um, a major problem that we are are confronting and trying to stay ahead of. Um, and the country, it just comes and the country in, itself, yeah. that justifies what is the country. Yes, sir. Go yeah. ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. And so, so yeah. So, do we confront any of these problems? We do. Um, um, but you know our students, um, uh, our students uh, once they're here, we're very much a family school, and once they're right. here, you know our students uh, love the love the place, and they want to be here. And so, um, right. you know, every morning we have a devotional time, uh, Monday through Friday. Um, it's only okay. about fifteen minutes, oh, fifteen to twenty minutes, and so, um, and so in fact, the last month of school. Um, you know, our, our big conversation during devotion was about delayed gratification, right? Yeah. And so, um, and so we want students to set goals and recognize that, you know, maybe you can't party right now. Maybe you can't have all these things that seem so exciting and attractive, but if you go ahead and meet your goals, um, you can begin to pursue some of those, uh, some of those things that you want, want later. And so, yeah, so we're we're um, we're engaged in it. It requires that level of engagement uh, with young people, um, and and keeping them busy is the best way 
um, to, um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, Dr. Crosby, I'm sure that many of these students have so many things that they would probably not have if they were still at home uh, with their family members. Because it sounds like well, that you all have thought of everything uh, for these students to to, uh, to be able to function on a day-to-day basis. Well, the students have helped us think of everything because every I time we so. think we thought of everything. <laughs> <laughs> they come up with something else. <laughs> they come up with something we missed. And so we say, oh, we got to do that it. too. <laughs> but no, um, uh, well, you know, and I mean, there's one, we actually have uh, two brothers here right now. There's a question earlier about, you know, what are our kids dealing with? And I think even more, um, you know, often we see students engage in certain behavior, and and we we put labels on it, um, but we often miss that those students may be dealing with um, you know certain mental health challenges. We have two young men. One came uh, um, in the uh, in the fall of last year, and then his brother um, joined us uh, in the spring, um, okay. and uh, they came to us uh, because. Um, they lost their parents when they were really young, um, oh. and their grandparents, their grandparents adopted them. Right. Um, well, um, back um, in uh, March of last year, um, their grandfather contracted COVID, um, oh. and he passed away. Oh, um, a week later, <laughs> a week later, their grandmother passed away, and yeah. so these these two young men were from Detroit. And um, uh, one of their um, uh, one of their aunts, um, they didn't want them in the foster care system. They actually had been in the foster care system before their grandparents adopted them, okay. and so they didn't want them to go back to the foster care system. And so, uh, you know, it's word of mouth for us. And so, um, you know, my cousin in Detroit yeah. called me, and she said, oh, you know, um, there's a there's a there's a woman in our um, in her Jack and Jill club who had who had um, just taken in these these two boys, and um, and she said, but but she's older and she's you know saying well her kids are done with college and she wasn't expecting <laughs> to be doing this right now and and exactly. um, and wanted to know if Piney Woods would consider taking those young men. So we've we've taken those young men in, and they have done well here. They are actually um, you know we finished school at the end of last month. And they're actually still here um, working this summer um, uh, in order to defray the cost of their um, tuition uh, for next year. So that, um, that was going to be a question yeah. that I was going to ask you, uh, and that is um, when school is out, then they can stay on campus or do they get to get sent back uh, to – Yeah, um, so we, we are – yeah, we 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 we, um, uh, we are year round. We operate. Yep, yeah, we operate 365 days a year. Um, we have 24 um, hour security um, during that period of time, um, and um, um, we do have periods where um, we try to give our faculty and staff a break. Um, right. And so, in this instance, for example. Uh, after after our graduation ended, um, we actually did empty out the campus um, for about a week. Those young people who 
may not have a place to go. Um, we do have supporter housing, uh, people who have taken our, our students in um, for years who will take them in for a week um, or so. And these folks have been vetted. They're, they've gone through our background check. They've, um, they're signed up formally as volunteers with us. Um, and and sometimes, it's, uh, sometimes it's actually some of our faculty and staff members. Um, we have a, a, a part-time chaplain, for example, and uh, he will often take uh, two or three students, he and his wife, um, to, um, uh, for those periods of time. And so we'll find support or housing for students uh, when we need to. So it really is, when I say we're a family school, uh, it really is a place where, um, you know, it, we believe it's important for students to be um, seen and heard um, and for students to be affirmed. Um, many of our young people simply lack, um, lack confidence. And if you have no confidence, there's nothing else, right? If you, if you have no confidence, uh, the rest, uh, the rest, the rest goes out the window. And so often we're affirming our young people, um, and who they are and who they're becoming, um, to help them really grow into their own. Um, and so, so this sort of small nurturing environment, um, with faculty and staff uh, who are here and, um, um, and, and others that we can rely on is, um, it's just really been, uh, been been an important part um, uh, of our work. Now, you know, Reverend Wright, I know we were trying to get back to you, and and um, mm -hmm. you know, we do have some <laughs> activities and things that coming up, and so um, uh, perhaps uh, you know, perhaps there's an opportunity to share some of those. Certainly, certainly. Uh, again, I, I'm just so grateful to be on here, uh, Dr. McKellar, and uh, you you all are asking some really good questions, but. Uh, some of the things that I do for the Piney Woods School, I'd like to talk about why I do it. Um, when I left my previous position, as I mentioned earlier, that I, the thing that I saw that was missing was the component of the church. And um, dealing with uh, employers, um, they always had a common theme or a common uh, complaint about especially millennials and they were looking for quality, integrous young people. But uh, the school system, the public school system, especially here in California, they frown on mixing uh, religion or, or Christianity with um, uh, equipping their students. So what I love about the Piney Woods School, I get to incorporate my ministry, my, my life calling, as well as my career and expertise. So um, one of the things I'm responsible for is uh, fund development. So reaching out to these corporations that have dollars that are looking for areas where they can make an investment in young people. And, and I will say this, there are some industries in particular where there is a, 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 a great amount of jobs and lack of talent and particularly, they're looking for people of color. So my job is to reach out to these corporations and let them know about Piney Woods and how we're equipping these students with work-based learning and experiential, experiential uh, learning and, um, and developing quality students 
so they know there's a place where they can invest their dollars or donate their dollars. And um, and the other thing is that we are planning to do some podcasts. I do have a background in radio as well, so we're planning to do some podcasts featuring uh, pastors and faith-based leaders, faith leaders and community leaders, as well as CEOs and and C-level executives, uh, so that they will also get exposure. That's one thing that when you're looking to receive uh, dollars from these corporations, they want exposure. They want to know the, the public to know that they are doing good. So we're we're implementing that. And and recently we had um, a virtual gospel concert, which was always a, an actual concert before I joined uh, Piney Woods. Uh, we did a virtual uh, gospel concert back in April, and that was really uh, uh, enlightening and, and very, very uplifting for the students and our audience. So I, I work a lot with um, social media and basically building relationships. And so as Dr. Crowley uh, talked about, we have uh, several um, events that are coming up and programs that we are highlighting, especially student uh, recruitment, and we want to do that especially through the church. Uh, we, we believe that that's, that's the hub. That's where we want to go because many pastors, I talked to so many pastors over the years, and they're looking to empower their, their congregation, you know, so they're, they're welcoming this, this idea of uh, having a school where they can send uh, quality students and many of the parents, they're, they're looking for uh, these type of opportunities, especially here on the West Coast. I was sharing with uh, Dr. Crosley at the beginning that here on the West Coast, the, the, the youth and, and young people, they lack a whole lot of knowledge about, you know, how our people had to, the struggles we had to go through and a lot of our history. And so I believe that the students from the South can teach uh, the young people on the West Coast and, and possibly even on the East Coast a lot about life. And so I'm just so happy to be a part of this because um, there are just certain things that, as Dr. Crosley shared, that each student, no matter where they're from, they can, they can share experiences with each other. Uh, so in essence, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm building relationships and uh, getting these corporations to see the value of donating their dollars into uh, an organization like ours. Um, and so our, our circle of faith in particular, we want to partner with you pastors, uh, Pastor Cooper, uh, to identify those students. And then we have our um, Freedom Day, uh, which is uh, on Juneteenth as well. And so several other opportunities that we're doing. That's outstanding. Well, on the backs of uh, beginning with Juneteenth and then on the back of 100 years uh, with the Black Wall Street, uh, we say all the time that uh, black history and black heritage is 365 days per year. So we're happy to know that these students are getting that well-rounded education and they're getting to know what uh, – uh, what happened with their ancestors and how where they've come from, and I'm sure that you teach that history 
Dr. Crosley, to to those students about the the uh, two dress shirts and all these, I can't get over that. I mean, that's, just an amazing, that's an amazing story. Amazing it story. Is. Yeah, it is. But that shows well, that. Well, and I'll. Go, and let, let me just say this quickly, and I, I can tell you that I can give you a list right now of, of uh, grandparents here in Tyler and East Texas whose, whose grandchildren should be in your school rather than in their homes because they're trying to live on limited amounts of income. They've gotten to a senior to care of young fast feet and because you know it takes fast feet to keep up with these young folk right and even faster <laughs> feet now <laughs> but, uh, but I'm going to give it well, back to you but I thought about all the ones that I can I can name out right here in our area go ahead well I you know I'll tell you that um, if it would um, uh, if, it, if it would be beneficial um, you know uh, you're only a drive uh, from me and so we'd be more than happy to come and and you know speak with folks in person. I could bring a few a few kids with me, and they could talk about their own experiences uh, here at Piney Woods. And so uh, we'd welcome the opportunity to come and um, share uh, with the community uh, in person uh, uh, at at any point that you might feel that 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 uh, would be effective and appropriate. That's a beautiful thing, and I'm, I'm going to share this with you. I'm working closely with two universities. One is a HBCU, and that's St. Augustine University there in Raleigh, North Carolina, and they mm-hmm. reached out to me and gave me 50 scholarships to give to high mm-hmm. school graduating students, and so that uh, vice president and the, recruited, the recruiter is coming to Tyler on the 26th next Saturday, that weekend, to talk to those mm-hmm. students that I've recruited about 30 students already and given them scholarships. So that may be something that we can work on after we finish with this yeah. students right now. So I'm glad you brought yeah, it yeah, in. No, we, I would, out. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead, I, go ahead. I, would, uh, I would, would, welcome, um, uh, would, would, would welcome the opportunity to do that. Um, uh, I, you know, I was, um, if there's, um, uh, if, if, if there's time, um, I, you know, I haven't shared what's perhaps, in my view, the uh, most important, uh, the most important thing, and, um, uh, you know, Cliff, uh, Reverend Wright, uh, uh, alluded to it, is he, he mentioned um, not only um, what he's doing, but why he does it, um, and, uh, and I think that's probably most important for me. Um, it's not um, it's not just the school that we run here, but it's why we do this work. Uh, I um, um, you know I, I come to this work after um, you know attending um, you know prestigious um, uh, highly selective um, educational institutions here in the country, um, University of Chicago and Harvard University and um, after working in, in government, <clears throat> um, I worked for the governor of Georgia um, and um, um, worked for the federal government, um, law degree from University of Virginia, and uh, clerked for uh, federal judges. And I, I grew up uh, very humbly 
especially when I went to law school, I didn't know what a law clerk was. And I thought to myself, I'm not going through all this trouble just to go and be a clerk somewhere. I wanted wanted uh, to do something. I didn't realize the prestige. You didn't realize the value of of being a law clerk. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't. I didn't. And so so I had an opportunity to clerk for uh, two African-American uh, jurist, um, a district court judge wow. and an appellate court judge, Sixth Circuit Court of awesome. Appeals, Judge Damon Keith. Um, and, um, and then to work for a large law firm uh, representing uh, corporations that we hear of every day. Uh, we represent Apple and GE and Walmart and many others. Um, and um, ultimately um, uh, work for uh, President Obama um, in um, a number of different capacities. Uh, I was the chief counsel to the Democratic National Committee for a number of years. Um, and um, we're running right up down our a, street, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, received I, a, I, actually, uh, I actually serve, I serve as the president of the East Texas Coalition of Black Democrats, and which is we are one of the most powerful groups in the state of Texas. But go ahead. Yes, yeah, and um, and then I received a presidential appointment um, um, uh, from uh, from from President Obama, and um, and actually, you know, resigned um, uh, that position uh, about two years before the end of his administration uh, to come here and um, and, and to do this work. Um, but the reason, the reason I came here, the the reason I came to do this work, um, is because, um, the Pineywood story is my story. Um, I, um, I was born and raised on the South side of Chicago. And, uh, when I was 12 years old, um, my mother's sister, my aunt, uh, shared with my mother the story of Pineywood School. She had heard about it from someone at her church, and she shared it with my mother, and my mother shared it with me, and we applied, and Pineywoods gave me a scholarship to come here starting in the eighth grade. Are and you I stayed serious? here. And I stayed here throughout high school, and it was wow. an experience that, it was an experience that, that, that changed my life. Um, when my mother and father uh, got divorced mm-hmm. um, and my mother was looking for a place to live um, with um, our three sisters, with the four of her children, and she was looking for a place to live. And um, we moved in uh, with uh, my grandmother and then we moved in with another family member um, and, you know, the living room sofa uh, was often uh, my bedroom um, at night. Um, wow. And we were, we were uh, homeless but for the love of family. Um, and, you know, remember living in, you know, my auntie's basement. Um, you know, concrete brick wall, a cellar would be more appropriate uh, um, to call it, where it was one big open space, and in order to have some semblance of privacy uh, between myself and my sisters, 
we would hang up a clothesline and hang bed sheets mm-hmm. across it to pretend we had a wall. Um, yeah. Enter the Pineywood School in my life, and it changed my life forever, and it set me on a path that I uh, have no idea um, uh, how I would have been able to do the things that I've been able to do in my life without it. Um, when I was a student here, um, I learned a lesson that Lawrence Jones taught the first students here and that I now endeavor to teach our students every single year that they come to our school. Um, and that is to whom much is given, much is required. Amen, brother. And so I'm here because this is my responsibility. Let me tell you, Dr. Crosley, it takes a lot, and I want to tell you this, it takes a lot to snatch a tear from my eye, (laughs) but you just did that thing. And I I, I call myself a hardcore soldier. (laughs) I do. And it takes a lot to shake me, and you just did. That is an amazing story, and you are supposed to be – what what better person to be there leading those children and leading that staff than you? Oh my goodness, that was really something. Well, I'm well, I'm I'm yeah, I'm, I'm blessed. To, I'm blessed to be able to do it. Um, you know, Piney Woods prepared me. Right, God called me uh, for what I do today. Yeah, and it is a ministry. A lot of people don't realize it. Yeah, yeah, I was saying it it is a ministry. Uh, It really is, and a lot of people don't realize that until you find your joy. A lot of us have had careers, but once you find your ministry, that's your passion, and then you no longer work. So I can tell that you hadn't worked in a while. No, (laughs) I. I get up every single day and go, you know, swinging away. Um, and, um, you know, I, my, you know, my, my, my biggest struggle, uh, is that, um, uh, you know, my, I have two daughters who are in college, um, and, and a wife who, um, uh, uh was uh, gracious enough and kind enough to go on this journey, uh, with me. And um, uh, my biggest my biggest struggle is dropping work to make sure I'm spending time with my family as I should. And so, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but that, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's because that's I don't have. I, that's because I don't work, right? I don't work in the traditional sense. <laughs> right. Did I lose you? Yes, I, I mean, I, I, I actually keep you on mute so that there's no background noise so we can get a good, clean recording of everything that you're saying. But, uh, but, that's, but don't, don't forget the sweetheart, and, that, and I can tell that you don't. That, uh, but I love, what, <laughs> I, I love what Pastor Cooper said, that you hadn't worked in a while because you're enjoying what you, you're doing. It's your ministry. And so I'm, I'm just so impressed with, with this school. And now Miss Rihanna, who is our educator, 
on the line. She's a little quiet right now, but she'll probably come in with some uh, questions in a minute. But she said she gave us the ratio of your uh, student to uh, staff. You want to you want to dialogue on that a little bit? Yeah. So um, if we're um, uh, you know relatively small school, and so it um, uh, it fluctuates you know from class to class. But typically, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about 10, 10 to one, um, ten young people to every um, to, to every staff member. Um, we do have those classes that may be a little bit larger, but you know, um, a big a big class for us is about maybe fifteen or sixteen students is considered a large class for us, um, and so um, our students really do get individualized. Um, uh, attention and um, uh, yeah and so we have most of our classes are probably uh, quite a bit smaller the average class would probably be 10 to 12 uh, 10 to 12 young people um, to um, uh, you know to a teacher Miss Rihanna you want to jump in you have some questions of, of uh, well Patrick, let's go ahead yes uh, the first thing I want to say um, is in response to one of the first things that you said uh, that you wanted to clear up any misconceptions about the school, not you know that it's not for troubled youth. I just want to say I've actually uh, here in Kentucky um, I've actually heard of the Piney Woods School um, several times, and I can tell you that that's the exact opposite of everything that I've ever heard. Uh, that, oh, that's that, awesome. Oh, absolutely. So I do, you know, when you said that, it kind of, kind of took me aback. Is he kidding around here? <laughs> because that is not in any way the reputation that I know of that your school has. So I do want you to know that. Um, and also, I'll ask you the same question that I asked you on Monday because I loved your answer and I think it's important. Uh, what, what do the kids do for fun on the weekends and stuff? What, what are some of the... Uh, when you're not focusing on on school and focusing on, um, you know, being a self-sustaining situation, sure. what do they do for fun? Yeah, yeah. So, um, can I ask you just just um, just before answering that, where, where in, are you in Louisville or? I am. Part yes, of Louisville. Okay. So we have a strong mm-hmm. connection with Louisville. Um, yes. And um, yeah, the. Um, uh, the son of our founder um, and his family uh, reside. Um, uh, he's passed on, but uh, members of his family reside there, involved in the public school system there, and and, and other things there. Um, and actually, my wife and I was married at the um, uh, church, uh, the cathedral down on Second Street. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, the Episcopal Cathedral. Yeah. Yeah. By the. Um, my wife's dad was an Episcopal priest, and so the Bishop of Kentucky did our um, uh, did, did our oh, ceremony. Wow. So, so we we know Louisville very well. It's um, it's a, another sort of home away from home uh, for That's us. Fantastic. So what do our students do when they're not um, uh, when, when 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 they're not in class? What do they do on the weekends? Um, mm-hmm. What it, it it runs the gamut. I, I actually don't know what I. Said when I answered this question before, but I'll tell you, and hopefully it'll be the same thing. Um, <laughs> um, 
our, our students are um, uh, always engaged in um, just a, a slew of activities uh, here on the campus. Um, we have uh, field days, for example, and so, um, you know, we have a large uh, sort of soccer field here, and sometimes we have field days where we just go out, the kids will play uh, volleyball or, or kickball, um, those kinds of things. Uh, we have uh, horseback riding um, here that we do um, uh, on our farm, um, and that trainer comes um, uh, and serves our students. He'll actually be here uh, through um, our through our through. Our, he's actually here with us now. We'll be here through our summer camp, uh, which runs um, until the the end of next week. Um, and then there's our student recreation center, um, where um, our students um, can go and. Uh, we have games, everything from board games to um, uh, foosball uh, to um, uh, pool tables. Um, uh, our students um, uh, do um, uh, little fundraisers here on campus. And so, uh, you know, one uh, weekend uh, this past year uh, where our students were looking to raise a little bit of money, uh, they actually, so we have a student kitchen which has, um, it's similar to a home kitchen, but it has four stations, four stoves, four refrigerators, four sinks, et cetera, set up in it. So it's a teaching tool for our students. And so they were able to go and make pizzas and um, oh, awesome. everybody on campus uh, uh, ordered a pizza. I, I wanted to support their fundraiser and I wanted them to stay in the kitchen a little bit longer. So I ordered a pizza for every student on <laughs> campus. And, wow. <laughs> and so they Gotta had improvise. A, and so they I know, and so they had a really good time um uh, um with that. Um and um so it, it just runs the gamut. Uh, we have walking trails here and so um we sometimes take students out uh, on the walking trails. Um uh, fishing um, we uh, don't go fishing quite as much as something like horseback riding, but periodically um, uh, we do that. Um, and we um, we have um, I think two two or three of our ponds that I know um, have been um, a good uh, for for a catch. Um, and so um, and so it runs the gamut. We do also um, we did we did not this past year take our students off campus as much because of COVID-19. Right. Mm -hmm. But in a okay. typical year, we usually would take students shopping on the weekend. And so mm -hmm. we're 20 miles outside of Jackson, Mississippi. Um, mm -hmm. But between, between Piney Woods and Jackson, about halfway between here and Jackson, um, their big box stores like Walmart and grocery store and CVS. And so whether it's just to get toiletries that they might need or to get snacks um, that they may want um, uh, for their for their dorm, uh, we take students um, we, we take students on on shopping trips um, once uh, or twice a year, um, depending on how the movies are running. Typically, we would uh, sponsor the students to um, uh, to go see a movie, and so we all went to see Black Panther together and. Before that, we all went to see Hidden Figures together, and oh, yeah. um, and we we literally buy out the theater. We buy out the theater. Right. And it's, right. It's it's for our school that night. Yeah. And so um, 
so we just we have all kinds of things going on here, and it's really um, you know it's re- really a great opportunity. On Sundays we do have um, we do have a Sunday school and worship service, um, and um, Sunday afternoons uh, students mostly sort of have to them to themselves, um, and then Sunday evening we start to get ready for the week ahead. Right. So such a community building activities and in, in community center. That's that's very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Not too much well, downtime it sounds like. <laughs> and I've read about your uh, mm-hmm. cultural activities that there are uh, just a whole range of cultural act, uh, activities mm-hmm. that are put on yeah. that the students participate in. So that's amazing. So we do and 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 we um um, you know, we actually, even with COVID, we did some of these things virtually. Um, uh, Rem Wright talked about the virtual concert that our students did. And, um, and when I say our students did it, we had national gospel artists um, who came in and participated um, uh, in, that, uh, in that concert. Uh, Byron Cage, um, uh, Dorinda Clark Cole, um, and several mm-hmm. other uh, national, yeah, na- national uh, gospel artists, uh, Ernest Pugh, um, and there's a really popular one that kids like out of uh, out of Atlanta. I'm blanking on his, uh, blanking, blanking on his name. But but anyway, when I say the kids put it on, what I mean is they sort of hosted the concert, and so mm-hmm. and so I was there and I sort of helped them get going. But as soon as I could, I sort of get out of the way and allow the kids to really carry it forward. They did Zoom calls with these uh, national gospel artists. Um, oh, wow. Uh, ahead, of, oh. ahead of time, in which it was just the kids and the artists. Um, and so, oh, cool. um, in fact, there's a young Not lady, cool. uh, very, yeah, very popular gospel artist out of uh, Atlanta. I can't think of her name now. I'm sorry I'm blanking um tonight, but uh but the, the, the yes, students I'm did blanking that. too. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and Dorinda Clark Cole, she was nice enough and one of our students uh you know, she sings in her local choir. She goes to uh, she's from just down the road here in Mississippi. And um and so she was singing one of the songs and Dorinda Clark Cole started singing with her over Zoom and I mean they just wow. had a really, really lovely time. Yeah, yeah. And so um let me tell you what we're in high cotton tonight, uh, Miss Rihanna and, and Pastor Cooper, and, and, and Mr. Arthur is on now, and he's going to join in on the conversation. But this is so amazing. What I want to ask uh, 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 Pastor Wright is, how did you find out about the school? I, I think I missed that part. If you said, because it's, it's interesting that Miss Rihanna knows about this school, and then I, we understand why now because because the owners, the founders' uh, family, lives out there, right? Uh, in the Kentucky area, but how did you find out about this school, Pastor Wright? Because you're all the way over there in California uh, to go to work. Exactly, with exactly. <laughs> yes, you know, it was really. Uh, I had an appointment with the Lord. It was, it was, it was, it was an interaction with the Lord. I had um, left uh, my previous position, and my job there was to doing what I, I'm doing for the Piney Woods School. And I was asleep, and and I asked the Lord, "What's next?" And you know, and I was, you know, I guess I was just thinking about it subconsciously, and I heard him say, "Well, do what you're doing, 
for your current employer and go out on your own. And so that's what I did. I, I went on my, my LinkedIn page and uh, indicated that I was doing consulting, building relationships for, for nonprofits. And uh, a gentleman contacted me who I had never met before uh, to ask me to work with him. And he's the one that told me about the Piney Woods School and introduced me wow. to Dr. Crosley. So I, it really was the Lord. It, I can't say it more emphatically. It was the Lord. I didn't even know, to be honest, that a, a black boarding school existed. Uh, I was like I. most people. And and then, uh, you know, and then and I had never heard of Piney Woods, Mississippi. Either, you know, I figured, you know, Tyler, you know, Mineola, you know, Bolivar. And so, um, so long story short, and I thank God every day because it just shows me, uh, like, like, uh, Pastor, Pastor Cooper talked about the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that just spoke to me. And then having my conversation with Dr. Crosley, he just said a few things that just I had a witness in my spirit, and then I just pursued, you know, the opportunity, and it all worked out, you know, and I'm just grateful to the Lord, you know, because now I see, you know, what God is doing, you know, what's what's happening yeah. uh, with our uh, African-American youth um, is it's so needed. Piney Woods, I, I believe yeah. there should be a Piney Woods all over the United States. Um, and that's something, you know, long-term we've talked about. And, you know, because I've, I've worked with these students here in Southern California, and frankly, they're so privileged that they just take advantage of the school system mm-hmm. and, and don't appreciate it. And, and I always said, you know, I, I want to be in a position to help students that look like my kids and grandkids. And so right. I guess God just heard me and he said, let me, let me, connecting with Dr. Crosley, and here I am. Well, I'm going to thank you. That's that's beautiful, uh, Pastor Wright. I'm going to bring uh, Mr. Arthur in because he just must get in on this conversation. You see, uh, Pastor Wright and uh, Dr. Crosley, uh, we have people that are team members that are all across uh, the United States. And actually, as a matter of fact, uh, Mr. Arthur is in Dallas, Texas in North Texas. Come on in and join us. What we're talking about tonight is, and and let me ask this, are you the only uh, predominantly black boarding school in the country? Uh, We are are not the only school. There is um, a school called Pine Forge, um, which is based in Pennsylvania. It is... yeah, it, it is a um, it is it is a school that's run by the Seventh Day Adventist Church, um, I see. and so we are the yeah, and so we are the only yeah, that, independent um, yeah we're we're independent and non denominational. Um, right, I, but that um, so so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a Miss Rihanna says there's only four in the country, uh, but uh, I know that. Uh, the Seventh-day Adventist is a strong-based university uh, uh, religion there in Pennsylvania, and in particular in Philadelphia mm-hmm. it is. So, uh, so is it in yeah. Philadelphia? There, one? Oh. 
I believe it's outside of Philadelphia. I have not been to Pine Forge. Um, There were two others. There was one in North Carolina, um, which is no longer uh, operational. And then um, there was one. There was one in um, in in upstate New York, um, which is no longer there either. And so, um, so as far as I know, um, uh, yeah. So there were four of us. uh, that's going back about 20 years. There, there are four of us, and and you'll still sure. see when you Google, you'll still see a lot of that. But, uh, but but today, um, I believe that Piney Woods and Pine Forge are uh, are oh, the wow. two, um, well, yeah, two historical African Americans. There used to be a hundred. There, there is a valley, there's a Valley Forge time. right outside of Philadelphia. Valley Forge is it's a, a it's like. A, Maybe DeSoto is to Dallas, Texas. It's, it's a small city outside of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. That could be the area, Valley Forge, uh, Pennsylvania. It, okay. Area. Yeah. It's in, so now we've got yeah, one in the north called, and one in the south. One in the north and one yeah, in the south. Yeah, I know it's called Pine Forge, and and you're correct mm-hmm. that there 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 were um, there were over a hundred uh, of these schools. Yeah. Um, um, many years ago, and and many of them actually, there's we were just um, we were just added to the National Registry of Historic Places, and right. so as a part of as a part of the research that was done for that um, application, um, they actually went through the history of these schools, and what you found is that with integration, many of the schools um, converted. Uh, from private schools into public schools, um, and then many of those public schools ended up merging with other public schools, and so a lot of them, uh, a lot of them just just went away. Yeah. Oh wow, that's interesting, Mr. Arthur. Come on in. Mm-hmm. I know you have some questions. You've been listening, Mr. Arthur. And last week he was having a little phone difficulties. So is he still on, Miss Rihanna? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Oh, he Mr. promised Arthur, he'd have it fixed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I'm surprised he's been so quiet, but he says, what's the subject for tonight? He missed that because he's been watching a rally that was going on. And so, uh, but he's here. And he's um, really, really strong uh, force at, in education as well. And uh, active member of NAACP, as well as uh, Pastor Cooper, actually is the president of the of his local NAACP chapter, and he is actually out in Beaumont, Texas, so a little bit uh, to the south of us. So we have we have people all over the place that uh, that are host and co-host of this uh, of our radio show. But I tell you what, mm-hmm. we have to make we have to make some plans. Of uh, of getting you guys down here uh, to uh, to the East Texas area, and the way that that we can help, if you're looking to recruit more students and you're giving away some scholarships, uh, we can put a flyer. Let me tell you, all we did is Miss Rihanna put a flyer together for me. I put it out there on social media about the scholarships that we were giving out for the college students, and our phones just started to blow up. And there are a lot of uh, a lot of grandparents who are trying to rear uh, children for various and sundry reasons uh, that the parents are not uh, in the home with the children that the grandparents are taking mm-hmm. over. 
perfect story of the uh, two young brothers that came out of yeah. Detroit. And that's a and yeah, and that's a common that's a common occurrence, yes. you know, where yes. we will often have yeah grandparents who are doing that. But you know, we also I mean, um, you know, we have students just from every walk of life. Uh, one of our young ladies. Uh, who just graduated, uh, she's actually from Memphis, Tennessee, and um, our students have to give a, a talk to the whole school community, um, a senior speech before they, before it's a prerequisite um, to graduation. And so when she, gave her, when she gave her senior speech, she talked about how when she grew up, most of the, before coming to Piney Woods, all the schools that she went to she was often the only black student. And wow. so she would try to straighten her hair and make it as straight as possible and whatever she could do to fit in. And then she came here and she would let her hair just be natural, you know. She could be and herself. she talked about how important it is to be in a space like this. So her experience of what why Piney Woods was um, the right fit for her you know, was, was, was very different. And then, you know, we have, um, you know, young people who, um, uh, you know, uh, come to us because, uh, you know, parents may be in the military and sure. they don't want to keep moving them around and around. And so, um, yeah. And so Piney was provide some stability and, and, you know, one of our students this year, you know, her mother's a flight attendant. And she's always wow. on the road, you know, she's always sure. in the air, if oh. you will. And so wow. there are all kinds of reasons that, um, yeah. that, that, you know, Piney Woods becomes a good fit for people. And, and um, you know, again, you know, our goal is to, you know, identify those families, um, you know, um, who are going to help us, you know, to advance um, the young people together. That's outstanding. That's beautiful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Never even thought about. I, I'm retired mm-hmm. military, uh, army, and never even thought about the fact that that would be a perfect situation for students that don't want to move to a new school every two years. By the time they get adjusted to that school, it's time to move again. Depending upon what right. the MOS, uh, the military occupational skills are for that family member as to how frequently uh, they may move around. So that's uh, right. that, that's yeah. I never thought about that. Uh-huh. Wow, Miss Rihanna, you have something. I know you were you were saying something to me, and I I missed it because the phone call was coming through. Uh, go ahead. Oh, Rihanna. well, I found I found the this article from the Atlantic from 2015, Doctor Crossley, uh, where you discussed. Oh yes. Um, yeah, the the ninety seven percent of the college. And uh, the the efforts that you uh, were joining in to mentor students post high school uh, to make sure that they yeah. were, can be able to achieve their college degrees because that's just such a high rate of students to go into college and then you know when, yeah. when some of them aren't so what we, able to uh, please go ahead go ahead. They, yeah. So what? So what? What? What we have? Uh, what we found, and and we partnered with a. Um, third-party research. Um, it's a foundation here in Mississippi um, that uh, did the research uh, in conjunction with the college board. We wanted to start to track our students uh, because we know what we're doing with them, and 
mm-hmm. but you know how many of them are actually completing college in four years and then in six years and so um, just before COVID we got the results of that research and what we discovered um, was um, that um, our students are doing extraordinarily well but not as well as we would like and so Compared to uh, compared to students from um, a similar demographic background, um, mm-hmm. you know our students persist in what they call persist in college um, at uh, about eighty five percent, and that means um, they go on to the second or third year um, of school. Mm-hmm. Um, students with um, nationally, students with uh, similar um, uh, demographic background as our students um, only persist in college at twenty two percent, and so mm-hmm. that was a huge um, uh, and and, uh, and then but our students are finishing in four years um, at only fifty uh, percent. We didn't have mm-hmm. the six year rate at the time, and the study was halted before we could before we could get that. And so what we wanted to do was we wanted to make sure that our students were not just getting into college, but that they would actually um, get through college. And there's research that establishes that if you continue to support young people um, with through the first two years of college, that their likelihood uh, of completing in four years increases exponentially. And mm-hmm. so um, it's a, one of the things that we, um, we started working on, and again, um, we'll, have to, we'll have to pick it back up because that program, we were not able to continue that program this last year. But, right. um, uh, but, but, but that is just tracking our students and supporting them. And it's small things that you can do. And this is not just for us in Piney Woods, but this is also for you know, anyone else out there who has a, um, a child or, or someone that they know in college, you know, small things like sending them a card um, or sending them, you know, one of those care packages, yeah. um, those mm-hmm. things that just keep reminding a young person that, you know, you're here and you're prepared to support them and that you have high expectations for them and for what they achieve, mm-hmm. for what they're going to achieve, those things have a profound difference um, yeah. in uh, ensuring that the young people um, succeed in, in graduating uh, from, uh, right. uh, from, from whatever post-secondary institution they attend. Yeah. And let me ask you a question. Right. How are you doing tonight? How y'all doing? Hey there, Mr. Doing well. Thank you. Mr. Arthur, come on in. Yeah, y'all may have already talked about it. Uh, but, uh, you know, right now, you know, we have, uh, you, know, you know, everything's politics now. So, you know, we got this critical race theory uh, lie going around. That's, co- that's a college class that's taught in law school. Uh, but now we do have a, a, a changing of America and so forth. So what does your school do in the area of, of, uh, of uh, preparing your students for the uh, demographic shift and, and educating students about American history? Yeah, so um, we, what we talked about earlier was the fact that we have a project-based curriculum. And so what, what we most believe in is um, experiential learning 
and having our students to experience uh, some of these things on 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 their own. And so uh, we do have courses uh, in uh, U.S. history and world history, and um, all of our students must take um, African American uh, history and studies, uh, which includes uh, some African American literature as well. Um, and then we actually have a series of uh, civil rights sites um, that we've taken students to um, over the years. We usually try to go to a different uh, site or set of sites um, in a given year. And so we've taken our students uh, to places like Money, Mississippi, which was the um, uh, Mississippi home of Emmett Till, where he was murdered, or uh, the Lorraine Motel, where Dr. King was assassinated. Uh, we've taken students to um, preserved slave quarters um, in, down in Natchez, um, Mississippi. Uh, we've uh, taken students um, uh, as far as Washington, D.C. Um, my second year here, um, I had worked for uh, the Obama administration, and so I uh, wanted to take our choir up, and we got, got a chance for them to go and sing for uh, President and Mrs. Obama. Uh, when, when they were in the White House, and, and the kids loved that. But we made it an educational tour um, all the way along that route. And so we stopped in Virginia. We stopped in Atlanta. Uh, you know, we went to the King Center, et cetera. Um, last year, uh, we, we took the kids to the Equal Justice Initiative. Uh, Brian Stevenson has done amazing work there um, to make sure that um, the country never forgets the terror of lynching, um, um, you know, uh, uh, the African American community um, uh, here. Um, uh, Mississippi uh, has more um, has more lynchings recorded um, in um, in that museum and monument uh, than, than than any other state, and so we've taken students there to experience that. Um, many of our students, um, they know there was a civil rights movement, um, but they have not experienced anything connected to it. And so what we try to do is um, help our students to experience these things uh, um, uh, in person. Um, what we, one of the projects we did this year uh, where we, um, we looked at some of the history of uh, lynching in America, um, our students actually watched uh, clips of uh, 12 Years a Slave, which has several um, lynching scenes in it. Um, we studied um, uh, uh, the history of lynching um, uh, uh, in, in the country, uh, Ida B. Wells and her um, yeah. work um, around that topic. Um, and um, and 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 ultimately, we we you know came again to Emmett Till and then on to uh, all the way up to to George Floyd. Um, and our students actually wrote poetry, um, uh, reflecting uh, their experience of of being an African American in a country with that kind of history. And so. Wow. Um, yeah, and then they presented those po that their poems to uh, to the entire school. So, um, so yeah, so we we make an effort to have our students experience um, learning through projects of that nature. 
So let me, let me ask you. Yeah, that's outstanding. It's just beautiful. Uh, I, let me ask you this question. I'm, before I ask this question, I'm going to make a suggestion and that, that uh, you guys plan to come into Texas and we can cover East Texas, Beaumont, Tyler, East Texas area and that, and then travel on over to North Texas and, and, uh, and Mr. Arthur can uh, entertain us over there. I, I think we, we need a flyer to talk about the school. This is, I'm, I'm so impressed with this. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that I, I want to ask you, though, is that when, when you're looking for, uh, for, for students, what is it exactly that you're looking for? Is there something specific that you're looking for in those students that you want to come uh, to the schools? And uh, perhaps are there some students that, well, it's like the military, I guess. There's some some soldiers we want in, and, and some we may not want in. So, uh, <laughs> so I guess I guess you yeah. could just answer the question of uh, what do you look for uh, in the in the yeah. students when uh, when you're out recruiting. Yeah, so there's a um, uh, there's a whole list of criteria that we have, and you know, again, you can find uh, the criteria on our website at www.pineywoods.org. But in general, it covers you know things like uh, grades, and so um, you don't have to have all A's, um, but you do need to have grades that show um, that you could perform. Um, and uh, we do look at behavior, and so um, you don't have to have, um, uh, you know, um, a completely clean record, but we do have to see um, that um, you're going to be ready for the level of freedom and independence that we offer our students um, uh, because uh, we place a high level uh, of trust in students when they come to our campus that they're going to abide by um, uh, the, the rules that we have. So, I think Sherry might want to ask you. I think Sherry might want to ask you is, can I send my can I send my bipolar niece to your school? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so. <laughs> And so, and so we actually do look at the um, we do look at the uh, mental health history um, of young people um, as well. Um, let me say this: uh, two things. I, two things I want to I want to say. One is um, every every application is reviewed, you know, by no fewer than four or five individuals. Um, here on the campus, um, at least two people in admissions. I review every application that comes through, and uh, somebody on our academic team uh, typically uh, will we'll see those as well. And so um, I, I mentioned that because um, we look at every student individually um, because what we recognize, and this is very true now with COVID, what we recognize is that your grades may not reflect your potential. Right. And so um, a student who is, you know, we sometimes get a student whose parents are going through a divorce and the student is sort of wrapped up, you know, in what's happening in the house and in the family. Um, and so often what we'll do is we'll say, could you send us the grades going back um, to, grade, to, you know, two years ago? 
And sometimes we'll see that student performing well, so you can see where the drop-off has occurred. Well, Piney Woods may actually be um, the right fit for that student to focus on themselves and not try to focus on, you know, other aspects um, of their family. So one is, one is um, looking at every applicant individually. Now, the second one, which is, which is the most important, and this gets to the question about, you know, bipolar, uh, and we have had students who are bipolar, but uh, who are, you know, taking medication and um, uh, seeing our okay. mental health um, a counselor and so forth. So it's not off the table. But the, but the real key is this. Um, can we serve the student? Do we have yeah. the capacity to serve the young person? There are, there are lots of families who apply, but we simply don't have the capacity to meet the needs of those students. And so ultimately, it's a question of whether we can serve. And I, I always want people to understand it that way. It's not a reflection on the worth or lack of worth of the student itself. It's just a question sure. of whether we have um, the capacity to provide the service that is going to be right. for a student. For us to admit a student who we know we cannot serve is an yeah, injustice to, to us the and the other students that we have and to the yeah. student who's applying. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Absolutely correct. You know, well, let me ask you this. Uh, so does the student, like you interview the students, does the student uh, interview or, or tell you why they want to be a part uh, of the school? I mean, is it a back-and-forth so explanation between the two? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, so we have a couple of things that we do. One is we ask every student to write um, a short um, a, sh yeah. a short essay, um, short response yeah. to, to a question, and, and um, we give them some prompts that they can use, but they could really write about anything, and we can tell a lot from that. One, we can see the student's writing ability, um, 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 but we can also see what some of their interest is. But usually they write about, you know, why they want to come to Piney Woods. Um, right. And then, uh, yeah, and then the second thing we do uh, for most, uh, not all of our students, but for most of our students, uh, we typically will do a Zoom interview. Um, okay. We, yeah, we sometimes will have a student come in if they're local, let's say they're, 20 miles up the road in Jackson or somewhere else nearby here in Mississippi, we sometimes will invite them to come in. But, sure. um, uh, but we often do, for students who are further away, we often do a Zoom interview. And, okay. um, and, and in that process, um, the admissions counselor will usually ask them some questions about, well, how did you find out about the school? And, you know, what do you really think of the school? And we usually try to do we usually try to do the Zoom interview without the parent sitting there telling the Very student good. what to say. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well, this is just uh, this is just so amazing. And so it's nine fifty eight our time, and so we I guess we. The time went by so very fast, I tell you. It did. Uh, it did. It's just such an interesting story. And and most of all, I, I'm so impressed with your story. And I think Mr. Arthur uh, missed a little bit. But if you can just tell Mr. Arthur a little bit about 
who you are, what you are, and all, I mean your background is amazing. And Mr. Arthur, he is actually a, a civil was a civil rights attorney, and so we the reason yeah. why I brought this up because we talked about uh, we had as you know we had a guest on with you this past Thursday on our show, and uh, who's running for attorney general here in Texas, and he talked about yeah. the fact that there are no civil rights divisions uh, in the state of Texas in our uh, system here. So just give Mr. Arthur yeah. just a little yeah. bit about you and uh, what you've done in your career, and uh, we're going to get ready to wrap it up. Yeah, so um, I, I um uh civil rights attorney by training. Um, uh, I started my career in, 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 in... I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. But I, I, I started my career in, in, in uh, public service as a school teacher, um, master's in education, and went to law school and um, went on to um, a clerk for um, federal judges and um, ultimately uh, an appointment with uh, President Obama, um, served uh, as a chief counsel um, covering all of the voting rights work for the Democratic National Committee. Um, uh, and um, uh, all of that was prior to coming uh, uh, here to Pineywood School. And uh, as I say, I, I, um, I really start the, the um, all of it started for me here um, at Piney Woods um, because I was fortunate enough to be accepted and receive a scholarship from this institution um, when I was only 12 years old. Um, and so for me, uh, it comes full circle. And it's an awesome opportunity um, to pay it forward and continue to serve um, and serve other young people. Yeah, so I'm, I'm so pleased to be able to do this work. Thank you so much. You're doing an amazing work. Uh, Pastor Wright, you're doing amazing work. And we're going to get together afterwards. We, we've come to our hour, and hopefully we won't get cut off. I think somebody was about to say something. But give us one more time how we can reach your school. Give us the website, and then we're going to put a flyer. Hope that you can put a flyer together for us, send us out here, and then we may be able to work toward bringing you into Texas, East Texas, Northeast Texas, and possibly South Texas, and so how we can help to recruit some students that may be interested in coming to Piney Woods of Mississippi. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Yes, we'll get you a, we'll, yes, we'll get you a flyer, um, and, um, um, and uh, it'll, it'll have all the information on, on how to get us. Um, pineywoods.org, www.pineywoods.org is our website, and you can get all the information about admissions, uh, if anybody wants to help support a student, um, you can see information there. You can nominate a student for a scholarship. All of that can be done at our website. And you can call us on the phone at 601-845-2214, 601-845-2214. And so however you choose um, uh, to reach us, uh, we're here and um, eager um, to offer our services for as many young people as we can identify. So thank you so, thank much, you so much so much for having us on and allowing us to thank tell the story so of our school and the wonderful <laughs> story of our young people. Beautiful. We're going to turn it over to Miss Rihanna, and she's going to end us for the evening and stick around and, and listen to our theme song, because let me tell you what, this, this theme song fits everything that you all are doing to help to get us and our children where they need to be. Thank you so very much. May God bless all of you. And thank you, Pastor Cooper. Thank you. And Mr. Arthur. 
uh, and of course, uh, Pastor Wright for being on this. And Ms. Rihanna, we'll turn it over to you. And thank you so much. Thank you. One day, you. when the glory comes, it will be out. It will be out. Oh, one day, when the war is won, we will be sure. We will be sure. Oh, glory. 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 Oh. To the heavens, no man, no weapon Formed against, yes, glory is destined Everyday women and men become legends Sins that go against our skin become blessings The movement is a rhythm to us Freedom is like religion to us Justice is juxtaposition in us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died, his spirit is revisiting us True and living, living in us Resistance is us That's why Rosa sat on the bus That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up When it goes down, we woman and man up They say stay down and we stand up Shots be on the ground, the camera panned up King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up One day when the glory comes It will be out, it will be out Oh, one day when the war is won We will be The child. Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd. They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now. Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles. From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero. Facing the league of justice, his power was the people. Enemy is lethal, a king became regal. Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego. The biggest weapon. It's to stay peaceful, we sing, our music is the cuts that we bleed through. Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany. Now we right the wrongs in history. No one can win the war individually. It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy. Welcome to the story we call victory. The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory. One day, when the glory comes, it will be
Good night. Good night. Thank you.